Welcome to 222 Paranormal Podcast with your host, John and Joe. On today's show, we have a great guest. I first met Ken Saminski at the Festival of Oddies in Charlotte, Michigan, which is going to happen again this year. And uh, Ken is just a wealth of information about the paranormal. Me and him got to sit down and talk at the festival. And I think we just sat there for like a half hour or so and just talked. And his booth was pretty busy, so I was like, dude, I'll just let you go. We'll talk later. And here it is a year later, and we finally got him on the show. So, welcome to the show, Ken Siminski. Ken's the founder of Portal Paranormal Society, and they investigate businesses, public, and private residences. Hey, Ken, how's it going? It's good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. So, Ken. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Excited to Thank have you, you here. You probably hear this question every interview, but tell our listener a little bit about you, a little background. How did you get in? What was your interest in the paranormal? And you said, you know, I'm going to start pursuing this more and more, and I'm going to sit in dirty old buildings and look at ghosts. <laughs> well, my interest in it started, let's see, i got to figure out how old I am. Uh, started about a half a century ago, actually. I, um when I drowned in my neighbor's pool, oh, uh, oh my gosh. I I drowned um, and I had an out of body experience. I remember it just like it was yesterday. Wow. I was floating over myself, uh, looking at myself in the pool, in the bottom of the pool. Saw my uh, babysitter at the time run out of the house. She was in in my neighbor's house um, talking to her boyfriend on the phone, and that was before we had cell phones, so you know, landline. Mm-hmm. And I uh, see her jump in. I see her drag me out and start to revive me. And as that's happening, I'm coming closer and closer and closer. And then I was back. Hmm. And I didn't know what it was at the time. I just thought it was weird. But it never, the, the, it's like in Technicolor in my brain. Um, I've never forgotten it. And the feeling at the time was like a, this immense feeling of peace. Wow. Like, I don't remember the actual struggling part, very little of it. I had hit my head on the side of it. It was an in-ground pool. Okay. And so it was concrete. And I I, had, I, I don't even remember exactly how I hit my head. I think I jumped to jump in, and I think I twisted or did something. I hit my head. Wow. Anyhow, um, so she revived me, and life went on. And about 10 years later, when I started to read uh, more about uh, vampires and ghosts and all the, you know, all the like, um, I came across, um, NDA or ND, NDEs and, uh, and out of body. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) that happened to me. (laughs) And that's what started it. And so I started reading more and more and more and more. And around the year 2000 it was probably the year 2000 i decided i was going to join a team and i joined um a team and stayed with them for several years um but mostly the guy uh that ran it uh was using it to meet girls and we pretty much investigated only a few different places uh usually graveyards and so i was not really i wasn't feeling it (laughs) so you know so i uh I decided to found my own team in uh, sometime in 2008. I decided to do it. And then uh, 2009, I talked to a couple of friends of mine and um, 
we uh, formed Portal Paranormal Society on October 30th of 2009. Day awesome. before Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that was kind of intentional. But, <laughs> uh, but we uh, we had all of our stuff ready to go, and, um, and we've been going strong ever since. And Are now you... we have... Now we have not only the Michigan team, but we have an Ohio uh, chapter as well as a Texas chapter. Oh, oh, great. And there might be other chapters coming in the next couple of years. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. You're coast to coast. Yeah, well, we're getting there. We're going to try and jump over the Atlantic, too. That's <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Get some... so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So tell us a little bit, if you can, um, about some of the cases or the places that you've investigated. Oh, gosh, we've been to so many places. Um, uh, some of the best uh, cases we've had were the, we've gone there a couple of times, um, was oddly enough a Masonic temple in Hagerstown, Maryland. Hmm. Unfortunately, the building's been sold and the temple moved someplace else, but that was a pretty intense place we worked with the Antietam Paranormal Society for that mm-hmm. uh, Rebecca Boyer and, and Jeremy and I mean that was a pretty uh, amazing case uh, it was one of the first times that I actually saw a door sl- you know slam face oh. and open and a window open by itself and it was uh, it never disappointed mm-hmm. it never disappointed every time we went there uh, some of the other places, I mean, we've done Tala. We've done a lot of the big the big ones. We're about to go to Waverly for the first time. Oh, great. Uh, that comes up in a couple of weeks. We're going to be down there on the 26th Excellent. Uh, for an overnight. And um, the Bel Air House, I mean, we're going back there in July. We've been there a few times. Uh, we can't get enough of that place. Mm-hmm. Um some of the more intense, well, probably the most intense case we had um, was in Ohio. Um, we uh, belonged to an organization that would get some pretty dark uh, cases. And one came across our our doorway uh, that was potentially demonic. And, you know, we've, we've kind of had, the, the funny thing is, is we've gotten multiple cases from that organization before, and it was never, we had everything from just, poltergeist type you know activity mm-hmm. to uh somebody who needed some some help and everything in between and so you know we thought well which one's this going to be you know mm-hmm. so we we went down uh we did an um, interview over the phone and then we went down to um to check it out i mean to actually investigate and it was the weirdest the weirdest thing is that uh, the driveway was in back of the house, so we had to kind of come through an alley. And we have a very regimented routine. When we're dealing with cases that are like that, mm-hmm. we have a, a protection routine that we we do no matter what. And we pull up, and the owner of the house is in the driveway. And so right away, that was weird, mm-hmm. you know, because it's in the back of the house. And uh, like she was like waiting for us, it threw us. It, it, it was it was just bizarre because a, a conversation ensued that threw us completely off. And my my co-founder and I are like like I said, we do this stuff like religiously. I mean, we do make sure we do protection. No one on the team like said, "Hey, we forgot 
<laughs> to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up just going right into the investigation. And we didn't realize until about well over halfway through it that, oh, we didn't do this. Oh. And so we were, we had our momentum going at that point. We were like, well, let's just keep going. And <laughs> I mean, it was one of the more bizarre cases I've ever had but there were tons of red flags. We were getting hot spots all over the place and we were getting, I, I was sitting there watching the DVR for a while and I was seeing things happen. I saw a double sized bed move four feet across the floor. <laughs> oh my God. I that, would, that would take some energy. Faces, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. I saw faces in the cameras. I saw things flying off shelves and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like gold. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> So that's great. And fast forward, uh, I mean, I'm going to go back to the case, but the next day, one of my members likes to do all the video reviews. She's, she, that's just what she, she's very good at it. Mm -hmm. So I took the DVR equipment over there and she calls me later and she says, uh, did you forget to hit record? And I'm like, <laughs> there's no record button. You plug it in and it records. It's not how it, there's no record button. Mm -hmm. She said, there's no file. There's no files. I'm like, no. Then we had five cameras going for five and a half hours. And I was seeing all kinds of stuff. I was marking them down on a sheet when I saw this stuff. Time, time codes. Well, I'm telling you, there's no files. All right, I'm coming over. I'm bringing a camera. We're going to check the check all the gear. Check, the, uh, check to make sure it was recording. Yeah, it was recording. There was no issue. I go into the file vault. No files. I was like, all right, well, there's no on button or record button. You plug it in and it goes and the power was on. So we know we had power because it was working. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I go into the log. I had almost forgotten about it. The, the DVR has a log and it tells you what's, what's being done. Sure enough, there's five cameras running for five and a half hours. No files. Oh, Wow. No idea how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> because I, even I have the an short idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, uh, but um, the file that I made, even when testing it, was there. So, oh, wow. It, you know, yeah. so something didn't want us to see what I saw. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that was, so getting back to the, the case, though. So I'm seeing all that and I'm like, wow, this is great. We're going to, we're going to, this is fantastic. And things were happening through the night. There were there were several attacks. One of my members got it twice, and she, I would say she's probably the most religious out of everybody. Mm. She got pushed hard once, like like struck and pushed once. Then my co-founder wanted to work in the basement, and she didn't really get provocative, but she just said something like, "Well, what are you going to do if?" What are you going to do if we bring the bishop here? Mm -hmm. Not only did we get, we'll kill him, <laughs> but um, I'm, 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 what she said happened, and I wasn't, I was, this is when I was upstairs. She and two other investigators were in the basement. And what they said that happened was, and she couldn't even describe the smell. She said it wasn't like just fecal matter. She said, if someone had been on the street for a month and not bathed, plus fecal matter, plus, she says, it was the worst. You could taste the smell. Oh, man. And she said it literally went through her. 
like she felt it like yeah. like mm. like it went through her and it went across the room and they they said they they could follow it by the scent because it would get stronger you know as they were picking it up again and so i hear all this commotion so i'm heading downstairs and by the time i got down there it just smelled like like the sewer had backed up okay and they said no 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 that is nothing compared to what this thing was so that was sort of an attack on on my co-founder and she asked to be excused and so you know she went out in the garage and just kind of had a smoke and (laughs) relaxed and i went out there to talk to her i didn't want her to be alone so i went out there to talk to her and i'm like talking to her and she's just like deadpan staring like not even acknowledge you know like looking you know Mm -hmm. like she didn't hear me and so i was like hey what's going on and she just broke down wow well at that point we're like okay do we stop or do we have enough and neither one of us felt like do we really have enough here for the bishop to Mm -hmm. take a listen to this and we didn't feel like we did so we went i said okay we're gonna do this experiment this experiment another evp up in the daughter's bedroom and that's it that's got to be enough at that point we'll we'll have been here almost six hours so we went back in we did um we did an sd session we did a um uh, we have a we have an experiment we do with these little light up cat balls mm-hmm. that worked. and then we we wanted to do one more evp session and the same group that went up the first time went up this time and at that point i was like okay Maybe it'll come after me. Maybe it'll, maybe if I entice it. So on my, on my, I, I normally like we're real, you know, strict about phones. Phones always stay at tech and they're on air or they're at least on airplane. Mm-hmm. So I took my phone, I took it off airplane knowing that it was, you know, could be a little dicey. I threw on, I went on YouTube and I found, I found the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic. Oh, which okay. is yeah. The language of Christ, and it's sort of this version that is like sung, and so I just played it really kind of quiet, just to see what would happen. About ten or fifteen seconds after I started, I heard like shuffling across. I was in the dining room; that's where we had text set up, and I heard shuffling across the table, and I was like, "Oh boy, here it comes!" Ooh. And I was getting ready because I was on a, um, the table they had was like a like a high top. Okay. So I was sitting up on high top table and I'm like, I'm getting ready to get shoved over or something. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I hear the uh, my my member who was attacked the first time got hit, just screams oh. like someone just like stabbed her. And from what she told me, it's what it felt like. She said she felt like someone took hot metal rod or something and just pierced her with it forced her to the ground wow and i got i've got of course i've got all that on tape yeah or on on a file and at that point we were like okay this is i think we've got enough so we leave 10 minutes um after we of course we did protection at that point mm-hmm. and 10 minutes after we leave i get pulled over by uh, uh an ohio state one of ohio state's finest <laughs> And he, he was like, well, what are you guys doing down here? And I flat out told him, well, we're paranormal investigators and we were just, you know, we're at a a case at someone's house. He's like, 
All right, well, that's too weird not to believe you. <laughs> he said, let me just make sure you don't have any warrants. And he came back, handed me my stuff. He said, um, here you go. Just uh, be careful on the way home. Okay, fine. Yeah. So we leave. So that was, that took about 20 minutes for him to get all that done, 15, 20 minutes. So we're, we're nearing the uh, Michigan-Ohio State border, and a truck, like, there's no way he didn't see us just started moving into my lane and if i hadn't caught it i hit the brakes he would have shoved us right into the wall now coincidence maybe i don't know we're like okay we're not going to be paranoid about this probably a half an hour 45 minutes later we're um on on 94 going towards one of my investigators house to drop her off and there's a expedition in front of me and after that last experience i'm leaving a little extra room yeah and this this expedition just all of a sudden peels out of the way and everyone's including me i'm looking at the expedition like what's he doing peels away almost hits the wall like he like it was a violent spur and i realized oh there's a car without the hazard lights on stopped (gasps) in the lane in front of me oh my word no one in it so i swerved the other way and thank god there was no one in that lane yeah so at this point, I'm getting a little paranoid. So we we uh, we end up dropping her off, and then I had one more person drop off, and uh, she lives out by me. So we're on 96 going out towards the Brighton area, and she lives in Howell. And we're getting right up to Brighton, and we're being forced off the highway. Uh, there's cop cars, and it's uh, they're being forced off. So on the ramp up there was no one behind me so i stopped and i asked the cop what's going on and they said well about 20 minutes ago there was a car coming the wrong way and it <gasps> hit someone head on in the oh. street uh, now had that cop in ohio not stopped me yeah i would likely have been there right at that exactly time. Sure. Now, i'm not being paranoid it was just a bizarre it was bizarre yeah but so i dropped it off and went home and there was no problem then for you know we started doing review and about two thirds of the way through the files, I ended up calling demonologists on the case and explaining what we were finding. And she told me, well, first we were just finding it was getting increasingly vulgar and violent as, it, as the night went on. Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Right? You can't hear anything. And at the time we stopped, we had over 280 EVPs and AVPs that we had heard ourselves. And she said, stop. You are not to listen to one more minute of audio. You are not to look at any more video. I said, well, we can't look at video. It's not there. Right. Uh, she said, or photos. She said, stop. You're done. This is now being taken over by the church. Okay. So Bishop gets on the line, talk to him. And from there, um, there ended up eventually, not that bishop, but two other bishops did exorcisms at the house. Took two hmm. that were about a month apart. Uh, but the house is peaceful now, and no one's being molested anymore. And what was the disposition of the owner? Were they experiencing something? Oh, yeah. They were... Um, yeah, they were being they the, the the whole family was sleeping in the living room by the time we got there. Okay. Uh, just no one was safe. The one room that didn't seem to have anything going on in it was the son's room, and, and he's um, in seminary studying to be a priest. Uh-huh. His room was the only one not affected apparently. 
but they um they were all sleeping in the living room and they, she was experiencing um attempted sexual assaults and other sort of rage type mm-hmm. incidents any idea if that was in the house before they moved in or maybe it came where it came maybe. from well, that's an interesting thing. To the, the demonologist thought that because the neighbors on each side were experiencing similar things, wow. so mm. it's part of the Black Swamp area. Mm-hmm. It could be something to do with the, the the bishop declared that it was demonic. Yeah, but I, I mean, you know, it could be. It could have been something native american as well and there i mean it, it maybe there was something that happened on the land yeah it could be, some could be thousands of years old yeah yeah and i mean it's it was interesting because some of the evps very slight in the background you can almost hear sort of a chant type thing going on interesting and it was the, the bishop that ended up doing the second exorcism said that she had run into the same thing at a place in texas um it was uh, an area that was known for satanic type activity or or you know that type of you know that type of uh, uh ritual type mm-hmm. behavior and she said that she got the exact same type of uh evps from there yeah the, the, i know that the black swamp area did have a lot of different cultures there mm-hmm. I mean, ma- mainly the Native American, but right. we don't know what was there before them. True. It could True. be, I mean, I'm just throwing this word out because it's not really, they've never been there, but Druid type, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. spirits. spirits or anything. Tied and with as much went on in the Black Swamp area with death and, you know, yeah. even the settlers coming out and getting yeah. trapped in the Black Swamp. It's yeah. you never know what could come out of it. I mean, it's just like you know, it's, it's clearly ancient. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, the 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 things. And here's the bizarre thing. So obviously, now the 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 bishop that was working the case, you know, declared that it was, you know, they confirmed it was demonic, based on the EVPs. Now the EVPs, you can hear what sounds like what what you're in your mind. You would like, oh yeah, that that would to me that would be what a demonic would sound like mm-hmm. but then there were also human spirits along with it yeah like it had was holding them yeah wow. and some of the i mean you know family friendly i won't say what you know but it, it was pretty it was bad yeah i mean yeah. it was really bad yeah we can imagine oh um, well i just wonder this, if- that was the Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just have a question. I just wonder if maybe something was coming up against the family because the son was studying to be in, in this, you know, in the seminary and, and maybe it was testing it. Well, maybe, um, we feel that it got, that the, 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 the parent, the mom, Mm -hmm. she wasn't an official member of another team. Um, in fact, another team had started to work the case, and they felt they were over their they were they were, it was over mm. their heads. Okay, so that's why we ended up getting it. But um, which which thank God they did that, you know? Yeah, because so many people out there, you know, oh, we can deal with this, and then they end up in trouble too. Because even us, after after we had gone there for about a month, all of us were experiencing things in our own homes that I'm sure was this spirit 
mm-hmm. like reaching out. The the demonologist likened it. She said, "You guys got a warning shot. Like, quit messing with me. Mm. I know where you are. I know who you are, and I'm going to show you that I know that." For about a month, all of us were experiencing stuff that were at that location until the the bishop and the 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 demonologist suggested we go and get blessed for protection once we all did that Mm -hmm. until everybody had done that we were still experiencing stuff but once the last person did it it's like it cut it off yeah that's cool it couldn't Uh, couldn't put out its energy anymore yeah or radiators energy yeah 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 you know so yeah it was uh it was a pretty crazy experience yeah it was probably the most bizarre if you would have told me that it was just in that one house, I would say, well, I wonder if the family member or something like that. But being that it was all, th- you know, mainly in the oh. one house, but it reached out beyond that house, I would yeah. say it'd have to be something with the land. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, but it, it was just, we we thought perhaps the, the, the mother was involved with a, another team. She wasn't an official member, but she would go with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought maybe she got an attachment and brought it home. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Have to be pretty strong. Yeah. Well, you would think, right? Yeah. I mean, or maybe. I mean, it could maybe be maybe whatever was there just got activated when she started. Yeah, doing sure. That. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it could be anything. It could have came in attached to an item. Maybe they bought something. We just don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. That's the right. the unknown of it all. Where does it stem from? Where does it come from? And then right. where does it go once you banish yeah. it, right? Does it go back right. to hell? Or does it just lose all its energy? And I have heard where like poltergeist activity, the they'll go in and they'll do a, you know, you have the priest come in and do an exorcism and it'll actually come back. It's yeah. almost like it drains of its energy and then it after time it builds back up. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because after the first exorcism, which was done by um the um eastern orthodox church which is oh my gosh that was it was the most beautiful thing i've ever seen it was like all the pageantry all the Uh the 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 crown not the not a mitre a crown Uh all this wow and and it was all sung um it's very it was incredible to watch and you could hear things going on in the basement while this was happening oh wow well, it's it's almost like a full mass, and during the okay. mass they do this exorcism. Yeah. So, it, it it got you know it was fine for a few weeks, and then it started to come back. And now it wasn't only focused on the mother; now it was messing. It started to mess with the fourteen-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh lordy! So, I contacted the initial the original bishop, who had been on the case, and she said, "I'm coming down there myself." Yeah, and because she's she's a little further distant away, and mm-hmm. and so I attended that one, and th- after that it was completely quiet. Now she she's part of the old Catholic Church, uh, so the, the the ceremony was quite different. The the if I'm if I'm simplifying it, the Eastern Orthodox believe that you do the exorcism, you've asked God to take care of this. And then, you know, you don't redo it because that's like telling God you didn't do a good job. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Whereas the Roman Catholic or the, I'm sorry, the, the Catholics believe that this is an ongoing battle and sometimes you have to go back. And so that's, you know, the, the, the viewpoint is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, it was, uh, it was, a uh, it was a crazy, crazy time. And the, the, uh, 
the town itself seemed like there was that kind of energy there. So it, it, mm. it probably just, it probably wasn't just that one house. Yeah. Or two mm-hmm. or three houses. It probably was throughout the town. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if the town has changed any since they've done that. Yeah. If there's, like mean, a, we haven't been back. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like uh, getting a little break from the, the demons in the town or whatever. I, I, the thing is too, is I've heard of that so many times where they're like the town will have more violence in it for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. There'll be more drug use and it's either because of it or after it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like the people get addicted to a lot of the drugs in the town because that entity is there controlling them or People get addicted to drugs. It lowers their vibrations, lowers their inhibitions, everything, and it opens yeah. it up to them. Well, I'll tell you what. After um, after we're off air, I'll share where it is, and you guys can go take mm-hmm. a ride through it and uh, have dinner there or something. Like vibes. <laughs> we sure. We, Where's the demons? We did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But you know your story about the driving home. You have to, you know, as the listeners, you have to remember. As paranormal investigators, we're leaving locations at like three in the morning. Right. <laughs> and early mornings. There's hardly Late. ever any traffic out. No, right. Mm-hmm. So in, for that kind of stuff to happen, it well, it's well, so bizarre. maybe one, but three or four. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. You know, like I said, I, my my rational part of the brain is like, well, there's just idiots out tonight. But then this was, I think, it, I don't even think it was a weekend. I think it was like a a Thursday or something, huh. you know, I mean, it was, it was just, it was an odd night for that much stuff. And I'm not saying it was caused by this. No, you know, but you never know. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just it, a shift of energy. Maybe it was a full moon that night. <laughs> could be, could be. They could have just been yeah, testing it, you too. It could have been. I mean, we've had a couple other cases that we felt were potentially demonic, but we, one, kind of petered out and then we then we started thinking is this thing looking for us because we've had like similar experiences with with three other cases two of which were definitely related Mm -hmm. uh 400 miles or 200 miles apart you know but people knew each other and they contacted us without like they don't keep in contact with each other but they just knew of each other Mm -hmm. because they all lived in the same town for a while and we had an apparition that started appearing to uh, one of my uh, mediums, and it was the same girl in each case that were a year and a half. The cases were a year and a half apart, and like I said, two hundred miles from each other. And then we're like, "Is this the thing looking for us at this point?" I mean, <laughs> well, that's one of you the. Know, you get a that's one of the questions I wrote down here is how you said that you have different chapters. I was wondering if, if any spirits have contacted those other chapters, but in a way you, you just explained that they do. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, uh, they, uh, the other chapter wasn't involved, but, but but that, that amount of distance, Mm -hmm. and it was the same, the same little girl spirit that was talking to my medium, uh, the exact same one. Yeah. Cause she called my medium called me and said, Hey, Ken, you remember the, the child from, such and such case and i'm like yeah she goes she's back and we had just gotten this case that was in um in lower michigan yeah the first one was in the upper half of the state so well it's interesting because you know 
demonic yeah, entities like to mimic children. Oh, innocent, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, Sucks you in. they will yeah. come yeah. in as childlike. So that's that's so interesting, though. Like we actually know. got a picture of her, um, oh. uh, and it wasn't even taken. It was it was it was it was just taking reference photos of a room. Yeah, and uh, it was the master bedroom because the the client involved was saying that she was being raped, and so we just took some reference pictures of the room. And the bathroom, the master bath, happened to have the door open. And you can make out what looks like a little girl in a nightgown sitting on the closed toilet seat. Wow. Um, just staring at us. Was just... That's incredible. And, and we weren't even looking for it. I happened to be going through the photography later because I wanted this. I was making a map of the house or something. And I happened to see it. And I was like, what the heck? Wow. <laughs> So we always well, say, whenever you show awesome. up at a location, either turn a recorder on or turn a camera on, because yeah. <laughs> you never know. We had so many things happen before we even get started, you know, and even yeah, podcasting, we, we have yeah. things happen. The electronic equipment, you know, like you're yeah. talking about ghosts, they're, they're going to come out and say, what are you doing? <laughs> First thing we do is turn our static recorders on yeah. before we even set up. Mm-hmm. We have to, I mean, yeah. You know. Well, it's interesting because, like, a lot of times that Joe and I have ca- captured EVPs is just when we're having general conversations yeah. in, amongst the team or amongst mm-hmm. ourselves. And it's almost like, you know, the spirits just want to be a part of the, the normal conversation. Yeah. Not yeah, the conversation saying, you know, light up this light or yeah. knock three times on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we were on uh, Paranormal Survivor yes. uh, season one. I think it was episode seven. Uh, it's called Military Ghosts, and we're the last segment. They didn't really everything. They wanted to make everything scary, but the, the the story behind the case is actually beautiful. We were able to deliver a message of love oh. that had been waiting forty years to be delivered. Wow, that's cool. And the house itself was built in nineteen twenty six, so it's it's almost a hundred years old, and it's been in one family. The woman that owns it now has a a binder that's about eight inches deep that has the entire history of the house. She has the original Sears and Roebuck catalog that it was ordered from. Wow, that's so cool. And she has all the history of everybody that's been in the house. And all the spirits there are family. So they're pretty chill. And and it's really great to use that place as a training ground. Mm. So we kept getting this EVP that night. And on the obelisk, we had it come through. And we had it several times call Beth, 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 call Beth. And so we're, we did all the review and we're getting, what is all this Beth? And then, so I called her and I said, Judy, who the heck is Beth? And she couldn't remember. So she said, I'll go look through the book. Okay, fine. So three days later, she calls me. She goes, Ken, Beth was my, my brother, Mike, who had passed. It, it was his first wife. I had completely forgotten about her because they were only married like less than a year he got drafted to go to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. She was way young. She was like 16, I think. Oh my God. They got married. And then by the time he got back, they had realized that they shouldn't be married. And he was going to, uh, he was being, being deployed to Texas by the army. And she's like, I don't know anyone there. I'm not going there. We're done, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so they got a divorce. Well, he after he was uh, discharged in Texas, he moved to Minneapolis and bought a farm to farm, and he died in a tractor accident. Oh my goodness! 
And she never remarried because she blamed herself for his death. Because if she had stayed with him, he she would have never have let him go there. Mm-hmm. So she blames herself. Well, so I was like, oh, I wonder if she's still alive. So we checked in, on Facebook. She and there she is. And she was not surprised to hear from us because she was seeing apparitions of him in her apartment. Oh, I just got yep. goosebumps. So I, was like, <laughs> I was like, well, we're going to do another investigation. She said, I'll be there. Yeah. So she comes. And at the time, um, we only had our shack hack as a spirit box. That'll kind of put it in time reference for <laughs> And um, George uh, from um, uh, Port Orange Paranormal he was, he was at the time was one of the leading guys on spirit boxes. So he called in and we, and uh, he has spirit guides that he had sent to us uh, to help with this. And they made themselves known verbally Mm -hmm. through the spirit box. What we got was we were like, okay, Mike, you know, um, Beth is here. What do you want to say? And my entire team by the end of this was bawling behind me. I'm trying to keep my stuff together because I'm, you know, and, um, it was just, a, you know, you know, I love you. You need to let this go and move on. I need to move on. You know, it's not your fault that I died. I mean, this, these messages oh were incredible. Gosh. I'm trying to keep my stuff because everyone behind me, I'm hearing sniffling. My my co-founder, that was her first event. So that was great for her. Yeah. And it was one of the most beautiful things. So after that session, Judy's daughter, uh, the owner of the house, her daughter had died of lung cancer, but her spirit is in that house because we've gotten her Mm -hmm. before. So she says, you know, do you think my grandson, the, Sarah's daughter or Sarah's son could do you think we could do that with him and see if Sarah's here because he was getting involved in the wrong crowd and it was starting to affect his grades and his life Mm -hmm. and I was like sure yeah it's a tough call yeah well as I'm doing this the static recorder in the upstairs hallway is catching this conversation and as and soon as I agreed one of the spirit guides that George had sent our way you can hear his voice and he says, are you ready? And then you hear Sarah's own voice say, I'm excited. Yes, I'm ready. Wow. That's incredible. So, <laughs> so we start up this session. He could feel her. He came out of there in tears and we were all messed by then. He could, he, she, he said, I can feel her hugging me. Oh, that's incredible. And I mean, just this, this, 20, I love you. I'm watching you. I am here. And I see what you're doing. Changed his life. It yeah. changed him. It changed everything for him. So no doubt. And lots of times people don't know if the ghost can actually see us or that. There's proof right there. This ghost can see yeah. you. Yeah. And they yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah. And they understand. It's yeah. just. And if, I mean, and of course, it's just a shame because, of course, the TV show tried to make it scary. and There was nothing scary about it. Yeah. They missed a great opportunity to tell a great story and of love. It would have yeah. been more TV worthy or more uh, binge worthy to see something like that because that's different than yeah. all the other shows. Right. To show you yeah. that the ghosts are not a scary thing. Yeah, there's demonic stuff and all that, but 99% of that stuff 
that you're going to run into as a paranormal investigator or even a ghost hunter is not dynamic or dynamic. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not demonic. Right. Yeah. It's just spirit. And a lot of them are here to just communicate or try to get you to study the paranormal more than what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've had some really incredible experiences over the years. I mean, we we feel we're very fortunate. Mm -hmm. We always say, the more you dig into this, the less you know. We're always (laughs) learning something. There's always a question that comes up, and then another question, and then another, and you just you just keep searching the answers which is great because who wants to find the answer right like yeah. i like the chase of the mystery it's like treasure hunting yeah. you know yeah once you find all the well, gold then what mm-hmm. <laughs> well i mean i mean what if it's you know it's funny because uh, um i used uh george had a george lopez uh, uh from port orange paranormal i don't know i think he still has the podcast going but he he does his own thing and he used to have me on there pretty regularly. And I, I played a character at one point. And this character was like a out-of-the-box thinker. But, you know, I would come up with these theories like, what if, you know, you have you have things in the house that are porous. What if what if spirits are actually absorbed into the house? Mm-hmm. And and you know, that's that's what you're actually encountering is yeah. this energy that's been like just mm-hmm. absorbed. Or I, I think at one point I said, What if we're not going through time, but time is actually the thing that's moving through us. Oh yeah. You know, so it's like trying to turn things on its head because you know, we don't know. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know, so you have to think about different theories. I was talking to Dave Schrader one day at, when we were out at the um, reformatory and he did mention, he's like, you know, I believe that it's not a ghost in a house. It's just a fragment of that ghost. And that's how they can appear at different places or different events or different times is it's just a fragment of their energy, which makes sense oh, because, yeah, have, you know, we, we have, a, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it makes sense because every cell in our body has memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. every cell has DNA, which stores information. So, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, we have a we have a spirit that comes to us at the Historic Hall Theater. We do an event there every year at at uh, during Halloween uh, where it's just public ghost hunts, and mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's not expensive. I mean, you know, Tyler, the owner, doesn't charge much for it. Um, and we have a spirit that shows up there. His name is Victor, and Victor comes to us sometimes at age nine and sometimes at age thirteen. Oh, but it's the same kid. Yeah. So, it, I mean, because, you know, he identifies himself the same way. And then, you know, the questions, what we've learned about him, he answers those the same way. So it's just, who knows? Yeah. I mean, the whole uh, M theory, you know, the 11 dimensions into each dimension has 11. And then each of those has 11 dimensions. I mean, who 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 knows? Yeah. Until your brain explodes. Because I know, you can't right? Figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Exactly. But we always say, you know, there's no such thing as time on the other side. Sure. So that's very interesting that he's showing up as different ages because maybe a lot of investigators are running into the same thing where they're getting different spirits in it. And I've always been interested in, you know, like um, the stories of a paranormal investigator will go into a location and say – yeah, I just saw this ghost, and then they look into the history of it, and the past history is the same as them coming into a house 
people say, you know, back in the past say, we saw a ghost in a hood, like a hooded figure ghost. And the ghost or the um, investigators are wearing hoodies. So back then they would say, well, it's hooded. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was like they're, yeah. they're like they're the own, their own ghost. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. You were talking about the Howell Theater. Have you've, um, I just take it that you've investigated that location before. Oh, thoroughly. I mean, we, this is our, uh, this year will be our eighth year of public hunts. Okay. And we, we usually investigate it for ourselves once a year just to try new techniques and see what's working with them. Mm -hmm. And they have a really good rapport with us now. I mean, they kind of know why we're there and they, um, they're very, uh, they're very cooperative okay. um, mm -hmm. with us. And the weirdest part is the there's a spirit of a lion there. Yeah. <laughs> which we have caught. What? Which we have, Wait a minute. Let's go back. Caught. A lion? <laughs> well, yes. Um, Howell is a very old town. And in the early um, uh, 20th century, they would have trains um, uh, would come by with, with circuses. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, at some point, um, now I tried to research this online. It's not online anywhere. Now you can find a little bit of information about the lion because people have written a couple people have written stories about them based on what we were told. Mm -hmm. Um, we worked with a historian who he passed away at like age 92 or something uh, a few years ago. And he told us about the lion that was buried behind the theater. And he insisted it was behind the theater. He said, other people will tell you it's behind the wine shop or behind this place. And it's not, it's behind the theater because I was little, but I was there. Wow. And he said, my father told me it was there. I remember them burying this lion. This lion got sick. They had to put it down. And what do you do with a 400 pound cat? Yeah. You know, right? you, you bury it. Supposedly, you know, there's I'm, we couldn't find any records of it. The people at the library where he worked, because he worked in the archives, uh, they said he never mentioned it before. But he he insisted with um, the, our people that were doing the research that it was there. Hmm. And the reason that it, it came up was because during our initial investigation, my co-founder was sitting on the stage um, where the aisle and the stage intersect, and it rushed her. We just saw a large black shadow that was probably six or seven feet long, about four, uh, three feet off the ground, and you know about that wide, rush her and kind of leapt up towards her and disappeared. Wow! And so we thought that was weird. So we have been trying. And then we started talking to the spirits about it. We got that it was Pete the ghost, or oh. Pete the lion, Pete the lion. Oh. Okay. <laughs> then we started addressing the lion, and. We would get little little hints here and there. We'd get a little half growl here or, you know, something like that. And finally, in 2019, I said, okay, enough's enough, Pete. If you're really here, just do something. Just do something already. You know, mm -hmm. we've been waiting all this time. So a couple minutes later, I had gone on to the next experiment in the theater. And we were doing an EV. You know, we had our recorders going. And as I'm talking, behind me, like probably six feet behind me, we got this sound that was like, <laughs> to the point it was so loud, I stopped talking. And you, we caught about the second half of it on tape. Wow. 
And then I'm, what the heck was that? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, so I ran to the emergency exit, looked outside. It was about 1.30 in the morning, and Howell's a very small town. They roll up the uh, sidewalk. <laughs> right. Of course, there's no one out there. I ran out back, no one out in the backstage. And I was like, well, I'll research some, I'll do some research on this and we'll see what we got. So, because you always, you're always worried that your ears deceived you. you yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Like, did I really hear that? Right. Well, we caught it. And I found on YouTube lion sounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me Google like, lion sounds. Lion. <laughs> it was the third sound in. Oh. Wow. And it matches it almost exactly. That's and it's so sort of cool. a greeting, I guess, according to the tape. Huh. It's like a greeting. And I was like, okay, but I'll tell you what, Pete, if that was you, why don't you get in front of one of our cameras just kind of being tongue in cheek? Yeah. yeah. Later that night in the other theater, I'm picking up, we use trail cams a lot because they're awesome. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've caught a lot of stuff on them. And so I'm picking up the trail cam, which of course sets it off. And I'm holding it like this. I'm opening it up. And so it's boom, boom, boom. I have it uh, set for three pictures over the period of about five seconds. Okay. Open it up, go home, whatever. Checking it the next day. Shot one, there's nothing here. Shot two, there is what to me is the unmistakable face of a, of a cat, a big cat. And three, the third one, he turns his head a little. Oh. And I mean, I've shown it to other people without saying anything. Wow, that looks like a big cat. Yeah, you can see part of the mane. Yeah. You can see the the nose, split lip, the eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 cat. So (laughs) cool. And it's uh, it blows your mind because the cat's understanding what you're saying. Yeah. The cat ghost yes. is understanding what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, and that's that that was the cool thing. And and so we asked the spirits there, does he know he's dead? And they they insist no. Okay. And they will not like they say that he sleeps in the in the backstage area, there's a loft that's about ten feet up. And they say that that's where he hangs out. So Martyr Paranormal was there uh investigating I don't know, a couple months ago. And Mark has a new piece of equipment. I can't remember. It's it's like brand new on the on the market. And it's um it's a little bit pricey. It's three or four hundred dollars. But what it does is it scans the area in front of it and it has a screen that'll show you where something is moving. Like it'll track it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it'll also pick up um temperature changes. So he pointed in the direction of this loft and we you know. He puts a camera on it because it doesn't record. So he puts a camera on it. So about an hour and a half later, he goes to check it. And there's something like 932, you know, incidents. Because yeah. it'll wow. count the incidents. Yeah. It has oh, my gosh. Okay. So he turns it 180 degrees the other way. Goes back an hour and a half later. Zero. Wow. Huh. So does it prove anything? No. But... But it's Pretty intriguing. Bizarre, but yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to bring Pretty some um, catnip and some of those light up cat toys next time you I, go. I, I, yeah. We, we actually put, we put the cat toys there and we nice. put catnip. I mean, it's... I was going to I meant to bring a steak and I forgot it. <laughs> but you think about it. Okay. Even though it's a giant cat, it's a, you know, a big lion, they still act like cats. 
Right. They yeah. still have that so those same tendencies, and you said he, they think that he sleeps up in the loft. Well, that would make sense because a lot of cats like to sleep in boxes and stuff right. like that. Yeah. yeah. That well, so cool. and then the, the, the other thing I did this year was we tried to get him fired up a little bit. So I, I played the um, a YouTube um, recording of a lioness in heat. Ah. Oh. Okay. And I Good asked trigger, the, um, right? I I asked uh I asked the spirits we were doing a dowsing rod session. I asked if he was a, well, at first I asked if he was around cuz he's not always there. Yeah. And they said he was and I said did he hear the lioness? And they said, "Oh yeah." And it was immediate. I yes, okay. you know. <laughs> and uh did he did he like it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so So cool. I'm you know, he doesn't know that he's dead, apparently. Yeah. That is really cool. That's neat. Is I got to experience that. Yeah. But, Ken, I want to thank you for coming on. Some great well, stories. And listen. we have to continue these stories later. Yes, for sure. Um, I know our shows are only an hour long, but we got to continue on with these stories. And a good place for you, the listener, to come out and see Ken in person. Yes. Meet the man, the lift. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be at the Festival of Oddities in Charlotte, Michigan, and that is uh, in September, and I forgot to write down the exact date. Third? Oh, uh, September 3rd. Okay. Uh, Labor Day weekend. And oh. I was there last year, and it was when I met you first time, and the crowd was awesome. There's so many people interested in all the different things, and I noticed at your booth there were a lot of people just coming to talk and hear your story so they'll have an opportunity again to stop at the booth and find out more about the uh, Porto Paranormal Society and find out about Ken. Yeah, and um, uh, if they uh, go on Facebook and go to the uh, Facebook page for the uh, Festival of Oddities, I'm not sure if it's sold out yet, but we do a public uh, ghost hunt um, of the museum, of the Courthouse Museum that night. And uh, the tickets, they only sell um, like 30 tickets. So um, it's not horribly uh, expensive or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they go to that page in there, uh, they might be able to get tickets still to do that. And the building is so big. Oh, it's you, you, I mean, <laughs> you think 30 people. No, it's big. There's enough room no. for a good investigation. Yeah, we don't even go up into the attic. It's just a little... Um, the last set of stairs to get up to the attic doesn't have a rail. It's a little wonky, so we don't mm. take people up there. But there's four floors to it, yeah. plus wow. the bell tower. And <laughs> years and years and years of history of all kind. Oh, yeah. I yes. I did walk through it. You know, they have the, the tours. I did walk through it, and I was really like, oh, this place is super cool. And there's a lot of antiques in there that could have stuff happen to them during oh, yeah. investigations. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. So, listener... Stop whatever you're doing on September 3rd and come out. And see us and see Ken. See Ken. We'll be there. And my team. Yes, <laughs> your team. And the team. It's just a lot of great people. That's that's one thing I noticed I'm when really I met you. And your teammates were there and just great people. Yeah. Good times, good times. So, always, Ken, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate we, you. We, this was awesome. Thank you for the stories. I love hearing stories. I do, too. <laughs> I can just sit and listen all day. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Ken. Talk to you later. All right. And listener, while you're on here, you made it all the way to the end. We want you to do something for us. We want you to go up on our website, 
on the website, we have books available from all the speakers that we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. And we've got T-shirts available. So that is your task for this yeah. week. <laughs> Support the show, folks. Yes. Like and share our episodes. Tell all your friends, yeah. Yeah. Tell them all. all Tell right. your grandma. So Tell let's, your Uncle Joe. Yeah. Uncle Joe. <laughs> Everybody's got a crazy Uncle Joe, right? All my nieces and nephews do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's leave with some destructive by 60 second push. Goodbye, everyone.